Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and I want to welcome you into the program today. My name is Keith Collins, and I am your host here on Maintain the Flame. And as with every week, I'm blessed to know that you are listening and that you know, we're able to touch so many lives through this program. So, hey, let me invite you to do something. Um, we love hearing from people. You know, we love praying for people. We love getting comments, even love getting questions, and whether they be theological questions or maybe ministry questions. You know, we've been, my wife and I, we've been married now for many years, been in ministry 38 years. We've pastored multiple churches. We planted a church. We've directed Bible colleges, um, traveled around the world and, you know, poured into leaders and really done a lot of things. And the only reason I'm saying that is, you know, sometimes it's good to be able to learn from others who have experienced things as well as those that have made mistakes. And I'm not going to tell you that I've never made a mistake, but, um, but I will tell you that I believe it's a beneficial dynamic to learn from others in the kingdom of God. So I I say that to say that, listen, we want to be here for you as much as we can. We don't want people just to come in here week in and week out and just listen to a message or to a subject, even though that's very important. But let me invite you to go to two different places. You can go to our personal website for our ministry, Generation Impact Ministries, and that is keithcollins.net. You can also visit us on our other website that has to do with our network, our family of leaders that are all over the country, some in different parts of the world, but that is impactgf.org. So keithcollins.net or impact, the letter G, the letter F.org. Visit those. You can communicate with us through those. You can sign up for our newsletter, which kind of lets you know where we're at, what we're doing, any new material we are um, making available. I just just finished an e-course this past week, and or actually got it finalized. I recorded it, you know, months back, but just got everything completed and edited and finished this past week. And we'll have an e-course on a biblical worldview and what that means and you know, what postmodernism is, some of the things that we're really encountering in our world in this generation. So that'll be available on those sites, and it's a seven-part video series. So we're going to be doing a lot more stuff like that. So again, keithcollins.net or impactgf.org. And again, if you have a question, 
Um, you can communicate with us by sending us a message there. You can also find us on Facebook. You can find my name, Keith Collins, or Generation Impact Ministries. We have two web, two Facebook pages. We're on Instagram. We're also on YouTube now, and I'm beginning to upload a lot of videos and things on YouTube. So just check us out, and again, we want to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. Well, thank you so much for being here this week. Um, you know, I come here this week encouraged. I just um, got out of Atlanta, Georgia area a couple of days ago where I ministered over the weekend, and we just saw the Lord do a deep, deep work in, in many hearts there that were just going hard after God. So we're just encouraged, even though we know we're in daunting and challenging times, we believe that God has people everywhere, number one, that are going after Him, that love Him, that are hungry and thirsty for more of Him. But I'm also encouraged because I know the gospel works. Um, you know, some people say, well, what you did back in the 80s or back during the Browns or Revival or whatever, that's the old days. But let me say this, friend. The gospel never gets old. The power of the blood of Jesus never wanes. It, 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 it never gets weakened. It's always powerful. It's mighty to save the lost. And we still believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And we are seeing the Lord touched many lives. So be encouraged and be faithful. Listen, the Bible says to do the work of an evangelist. That's not just for the person that has an evangelistic calling on their lives. And maybe they travel around and preach in arenas or preach in churches and call people to repentance. Of course, we thank God for those people. But all of us are called to share the gospel, to share our testimony, to do the work of an evangelist. And some people are intimidated by that. I understand that. Maybe, you know, that that's not their nature to be kind of out there and overt. Maybe they're more introverted. But listen, um, let me encourage you with this. The Holy Spirit gives you boldness. One thing that we need to realize, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just so we can speak in tongues, even though that's powerful, and I love that, but it's so that we would have boldness, holy boldness. So, you know, maybe you need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, or maybe you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But listen, now, uh, it's incumbent upon the church, those of us that love Jesus, to be faithful to share the gospel. And this is not my subject matter for today, but I felt like I needed to just kind of share this with you because this is burning on my heart. Again, I think many people get intimidated because of culture and because of society, and we allow the, the spirit of the age to squelch the passion to preach Jesus, to, 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 to share the truth of the Word of God, to live holy and pure in an ungodly, dark generation. But let me just say this, friend, the gospel still works. And I have watched the most hardest, even mean-spirited, demonic people come to deep repentance and come to humility as the power of the gospel crashed through their lives and entered their hearts and changed them and they became a new creature or a new creation in Christ. It happened to me. If you're listening and you're a believer, it happened to you. And friend, it can happen to anyone. However, how can they hear unless we go and unless we share? So be faithful to do the work of an evangelist. Well, listen, I want to get back and finish today what I've been talking about for the last three weeks. As the year started, I felt it would be good to kind of go back, as I do every year in my own personal life, at the beginning of a new year, 
and just kind of reflect upon what I did the, the prior year and what I feel like I need to do or maybe need to even improve on or become more faithful in, right? So listen, it, it's not about works. It's not about um, you know religious um, performance. At the same time, we are called to do good works. And we also, as I've shared over the last three weeks, we do have a responsibility to steward our walk with God. And we know that it's by grace that even that that we even have a desire to know Him and to love Him. At the same time, I know that I have to make myself available in prayer, in the study of the Word, by preaching the gospel, by sharing my testimony. I have to make myself available to the Lord. It doesn't just hit me like a lightning bolt every day when I get out of bed. And so I'm like, oh, thank God, there's no effort from Keith. God's doing it all. No, it's it's by grace. However. We have a role to play. So we humble ourselves and we submit ourselves and we are obedient to prayer. We're obedient to get into the word. We're, we're obedient to fellowship with the people of God, to, to share the gospel to, to the law. So, so I want to take us again back to this subject matter that I've been calling first priorities. This will be the final part, part four. I could really go on and on with this because, you know, this is not just something that's good for the first of the year. This is something that we should embrace, live by, and walk in every day. But I want to, I want to repeat or read um, the verse. It's kind of been our our anthem, so to speak, or the the primary crux of what we've been talking about, and that comes from Matthew six thirty three. It says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And all these things will be added unto you. So it's important that that element is always paramount in our lives. That seeking the Lord, seeking the kingdom of heaven always has to be first place. That's, and what does that mean? Basically, that means that we continue to pursue the Lord as we walk with him. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. How do we pursue the righteousness of Jesus, the righteousness of God. We pursue Him. I mean, you can't have Him and not have His righteousness. You, they don't, they don't separate. I mean, they are one in and of the same. So therefore, when you pursue Him faithfully, and you are faithful to a devotion life, not just you know five minutes a day to keep the devil away, but I'm talking about a devotional lifestyle to where your life is about prayer and worship and intercession and pouring your heart out to God. Whenever that is who you are and what you're doing and what you're walking in, then the righteousness of God literally becomes the air that you breathe. It becomes your native air. So these things are foundational. Um, Let me read the quote from Elizabeth Elliot that I read a couple of weeks ago. She said, the will of God is not something you add to your life. It's a course you choose. You either line yourself up with the Son of God or, again, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, or you capitulate to the principle which governs the rest of the world. So we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We, we, we live in a broken world. We live in an ungodly world. We live in a world that Isaiah says calls good evil and evil good. That is the world that we live in. We understand that. But friend, that's not who we are. So we live in such a way that we do not allow ourselves to be I'll use the word amalgamated, which means joined or become one with the spirit of the age. We resist 
temptation, right? We resist the lust of the flesh. Paul said, there is no temptation taken you, but such as common demand, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will also with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So what does that mean? That means by grace, we willingly set our eyes or we keep our eyes upon Jesus and we refuse to live like the rest of the world lives. It doesn't mean we're not tempted. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes from time to time, but it, it's, it's, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to live in habitual sin or a lifetime or a lifestyle, excuse me, of ungodliness. So we seek first the kingdom of God. This is foundational. Last week, I, I began to talk about some non-negotiable priorities. And um, the first thing I talked about was we have to have a time of prayer. In other words, we have to have a devotional life. That is first place. Without that, everything else that I'm talking about, that I've been talking about, is just kind of in one ear and out the and out the next. In other words, there has to be the the willingness to refuse to compromise our prayer life, our secret time with the Lord, our devotional lifestyle. So last week, I kind of gave you some practical thoughts and practical patterns. How do you have a devotional life? You know, maybe you're listening today and maybe you're a new believer and you're trying to get into the pattern or I'll call it the habit of seeking the Lord regularly. Or maybe you maybe you've been serving the Lord for decades. Maybe you're a leader. Maybe you pastor a church or maybe you travel and preach like I do. Whatever you do, um, you, we can all fall into a pattern of neglecting prayer even while we're doing the ministry. Matter of fact, sometimes the anointing and the gifting upon our lives um, becomes um, sometimes something that we exchange for our walk with God, but nothing takes the place of that. So, so listen, just some basic things. Let me just review. I think we should enter into the presence of the Lord, number one, with thanksgiving and praise. I want reiterate much on that because I I talked about that last week. You can go back and listen to part three. Number two, confession and cleansing or offering up your heart, a spirit of repentance, not condemnation, but repentance that we offer our hearts to the Lord fresh every day. And then number three, or or letter C, order and obedience. We, We offer the Lord our day. In other words, the Bible says, commit your way to the Lord. It also says, that's in Psalm 37, 5. And, and then in um, Proverbs 3, 6 through 7, it says, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Another thing we can do in our devotional habit is we can ask for specific guidance from the Lord, and he's faithful to show us. Psalm 25, 4 and 5 Um, The psalmist said, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. And then when the Lord speaks to us, James 1.22 says that we should obey the instructions of the Lord. So it says there, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So so that's kind of a, a, again, kind of a, a quick recap. But I think a way to start our our prayer is thanksgiving and praise, then confession, cleansing, asking God to search our hearts, and then asking God, Lord, order my day that I might walk in obedience even in the next hour, the next 24 hours, the next week, the next month. And, And number two, another priority, and again, this is getting real practical, but I think, you know, sometimes we can be so lofty in a theological way that, that we don't know how to 
walk away from a teaching like this or a sermon in a church or something and and apply it to our lives. Well, listen, one thing I know about the Word of God, it is very lofty, it's very theological. At the same time, it's very practical. Listen, read Ephesians, the first half of Ephesians. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Paul's praying that we have wisdom and insight and revelation to know the height and depth and width of the love of God. But then in the in the last few chapters, he's talking about how we deal with one another, even interpersonal relationships and how the church functions in practical ways. So so listen, this is practical, but so number one, um, how what are some non-negotiable first priorities? Number one is we are again to initiate a devotional lifestyle. Number two, um, we are to read and memorize the Word of God regularly. So I love Psalm 119.11. The psalmist David said, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Friend, there is something about having the word of God on the inside of us. You know, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard. Well, one of the ways that happens is we know the word of God. When they, and maybe it's even with our identity. Uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people today that, that are challenged and with their identity. They've got orphan spirits and, and maybe they've been abused by a natural parent or maybe even a spiritual leader has abused them. And they deal a lot with identity. But listen, when you know the word of God, you know that you're a son or you're a daughter of the Lord. You know that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And you're able to stand in your identity. But how do we do that? We've got to memorize and learn the word of God. We've got to put it into practice, the study of the word of God. One of the things I did as a young believer I began to memorize scripture, and I would use um, the index cards. I would write scripture down, and I would memorize so many a day, and and that was very profitable. As a result, I've never forgot those scriptures, and there's times when I've walked through places where the enemy tried to mess with me or something, and that word of God would come back powerfully and give me victory and give me strength and give me the ability to rebuke the devil. And the Bible said he has to flee, and he does. So um, listen to 2 Timothy 3, um, 16 and 17. The Apostle Paul said, All Scripture is given, how? By inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, or the woman of God, of course, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good Why do we memorize the scripture, the Bible? Because, friend, it's profitable for everything in life. So, listen, many people are continually weak in their faith, and some are even destroyed spiritually due to the fact that they do not know God's word. So the word of God, listen, it provides us with guidance. It provides us with encouragement, with identity. It brings warning. It brings wisdom, etc., etc. Therefore, when we neglect it, then we are literally refusing God's ultimate instruction manual on life that he has preserved throughout the generations. So we cannot neglect the Word of God. It's, it's part of that first priority arena of things. So our devotional habit... I believe it's first place. I really do. Um, Second place is embrace the word of God. Listen, I believe to neglect the reading of God's word, to neglect the Bible is to really stunt spiritual growth. growth. So really, the Bible is to the spirit man what food and water are to the natural man. It is required 
for proper spiritual health and, and, and growth in the Lord the way that food and water are to our natural body. So when we study God's Word, we, we come to understand what God is like, His thoughts, His plans, His promises to us. And really, the Bible answers life's biggest questions. What do I mean? Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where will I go? So, so these are so important. So understanding the purposes of God or the Bible really bring life and virtue and, and strength and freedom to those that, that, that want to know the Lord. And really, again, the Word of God is light for our lives. It's, it's, um, it's spiritual food. You know, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, says, It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I love 1 Peter 2, 2. It says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in your salvation. I could go on and on about God's word, the words of God, the, the Bible, the scripture, Psalm 19, 8, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving life to the eyes. And Psalm 119, 105 and 130 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. For I could go on and on and on. You got to know the word of God. You, you you got to know the Word of God. People are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge of what? A lack of knowledge of who God is. How do we know who God is? Of course, we pray. We seek His face. But we got to know His Word to know Him. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Of course, John 1, 1 in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So Jesus was the fulfillment of all the, the, the Old Testament Jewish prophets, he is the word made flesh. When we read the Bible, we are partaking of the very nature of God, of Jesus himself. So friend, get into the word. I can't hammer this any harder than I'm doing it. I wish I could. You gotta, you might say, I'm not a reader. Well, well friend, that's no excuse. I mean, a lot of people aren't readers. I'm not a writer, really, but but I write because I know God's called me to do so. So there is an element of discipline. You gotta submit yourself to reading the word of God. You say, well, I just can't get my thoughts together. Pray. Listen, let me encourage you to do this. If you have a hard time reading and comprehending, and some people do, I understand. Listen, I've been a teacher for years. Pray. Seek the Lord. Ask God to give you freedom in that area and he can and he will do it so number one you got to have an uncompromised devotional habit a place of prayer a time of prayer number two you've got to memorize the word of god and i'm gonna get real practical now maybe get up in your business number three you got to develop and maintain relationships what do i mean by that your family your spouse members of the body of Christ. And again, um, there's there's a lot I could say about this. There's a lot I could read about this. I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but I did want to just go real quick to the book of Ephesians and chapter 5 and um, verse 31. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak of Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one in his own particular uh, let, excuse me, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects his husband. Look at John. Again, that has to do with a man and a woman and marriage. So these relationship dynamics are very important according to the word of God. We cannot neglect them. Um, and it also says, 
And I love this, John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. The same way I've loved you as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let me say this. You can't have a right relationship with God unless you prioritize relationships with humanity. Um, interpersonal relationships are foundational to our spiritual development. People that deal with unforgiveness and are unwilling to, to, to let it go, friend, they, they live under, I'm going to say this, they live under a curse. And that's why you see people sometimes at the end of their lives that have lived with unforgiveness and bitterness, and they might even still go to church and maybe even pay tithes and whatever and sing in the choir and teach a Sunday school class, whatever you do in the church you go to. Maybe they are ushers or greeters. But friend, you can do all of that and have bitterness and unforgiveness. Listen, it's not what you do on the outside that matters. It's who you are before the Lord, and it's who your heart is connected to. And when your heart is connected to the Lord, there is a divine love one towards another. Listen, I don't know who this is for. Somebody needs to get on the phone or needs to go to somebody's house even today and ask them to forgive you. Or maybe you need to forgive them. And um, and so again, I know this is maybe getting too personal for some of you, but listen, friend, this is first priorities. I can't even... The Bible says if you have ought against someone or even against a spouse, don't even bring an offering to the Lord until you've made that right with your fellow man or, or that spouse or that other person. So, so again, these are foundational things that, that oftentimes we neglect, but so important. I wish I could spend a lot more time on this. I can't. But anyway, number one, a devotional habit. Number two, memorize the Word of God. Number three, develop right relationships. Steward right relationships. Forgive if you need to forgive. Whatever you need to do, friend, to get your heart pure before man. It doesn't mean you forget some things. Understand if someone has abused you, you don't forget that. You, but, however, you got to forgive that and give that to the Lord and allow God to deal with them and ask God to allow you to walk in freedom in your heart. Amen. So, again, there's a lot I could say, but I'm going to stop there. And then the last thing I'm going to say is this. Um, number four, this is, an, this is a priority, and I'm not trying to get your money. I, I'm not interested in your money. But you have to live a lifestyle of generosity. You, you have to come to a place where you learn to not just get, and I'm not even just talking about money. You know, a lot of people don't have money, and that's fine. That, that's not a spiritual indication of being holy or not holy. There's some people that I know that, that love the Lord with all their heart, and man, they just give everything away. So they don't have a huge amount of cash or a big, beautiful home, but they're wealthy in the kingdom of God. My, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were like that. They didn't die with any worldly wealth, but they died with riches in heaven, and they gave everything away. I mean, homes, cars, money, food, you name it. They paid people's bills. I mean, they were very wealthy, but they were faithful to give even of themselves. We live in a very self-focused, self-promoting, self-protecting society. And everybody's got triggers and boundaries and all this stuff. And listen, I, I understand there are some things that might be legitimate, but listen, learn to give of yourself. Learn to help someone when you're hurting and you'll watch what the Lord will do. Learn to give you of your finances. Listen, the Bible even calls us to support the work of the Lord. So if you're not doing that, do that. And I, I'm going to close there. My time's up. I could spend a lot more time on that subject. But listen to me. Um, 
I want you to be encouraged today. God is moving, and the Lord wants you to come into a place of maturity. The Lord wants you to come into a place of knowing Him and walking with Him and being His child, learning your identity in Christ. Again, I want to say it. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Friend, you are victorious. You have power over Satan, sin, and even yourself through the gospel, through intimacy with Jesus. Give yourself to prayer. Learn the word. Have right relationships. Be a generous person and watch the blessing and favor of God come upon your life. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this program today. We are blessed week in and week out to come to you on Maintain the Flame. We love you. Again, visit us, keithcollins.net or impactgf.org. And I look forward to being back with you next week here again on Maintain the Flame. Keep burning for Jesus, friend. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.